You're listening to Transparency Talk with Trustwell, a podcast discussing the latest trends in technology in the food and supplement industries, featuring conversations with regulatory experts, quality and safety champions, and thought leaders across the industry. The podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome to today's episode of Transparency Talk with Trustwell. I am your host, Katie Jones, Chief Customer Officer here at Trustwell. If you're a food industry professional, you're no doubt aware of the critical role that regulations play in ensuring the safety, quality, and accuracy of the food products that we produce and sell. In recent years, there have been significant updates to regulations related to food labeling, nutrition, food safety, and traceability, just to name a few in the food industry. These changes have impacted everyone from food manufacturers to distributors to retailers and, of course, the consumer. In today's episode of Transparency Talk with Trustwell, we'll be beginning a monthly series where we will explore the latest updates to regulations related to the food industry. We'll also discuss the role of government agencies, such as the FDA, HHS, even the FTC, in enforcing compliance and the potential implications for food professionals who fail to comply. I'm joined today with Megan Murphy, one of our labeling and regulatory consultants here at Trustwell. Prior to joining Trustwell, Megan was manager of nutrition database and labeling on the McDonald's nutrition team. Megan has also served in nutrition roles at McNeil Hospital and Bally Total Fitness. A registered and licensed dietitian, Megan completed a combined didactic internship and a master's in public health at Benedictine University. She completed the didactic program in dietetics at Loyola University, Chicago, and she holds a BA from the University of Illinois. Lots of degrees, amazing credentials. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there has been so much activity just in the last couple of months. Um, We're going to focus on a few items that have uh, really come to bear in the last, really in the last couple of weeks including a new bill that was introduced called the Food Labeling Modernization Act of 2023. So it sounds a little like FSMA, um, but uh, leaning more towards, obviously, the labeling of food. If passed, it would require the Secretary of Health and Human Services to establish a standardized front-of-package labeling system for all food products required to bear nutrition labeling, require definitions for natural and healthy terms we see a lot, obviously, on packaging, as well as establish guidelines for online food and beverage products to follow nutrition-backed panel, ingredient, and allergen requirements. That is a lot, um, especially related to that online food products that we're seeing, obviously, an increase in. A lot of change for the industry, clearly. Where is this bill now um, in terms of it being passed, and what kind of impact do you think it will have on the industry? You are correct. There is a lot of information in this bill. Right now, this bill called HR 4917 has been introduced in the House of Representatives. It would need to be passed in the House, passed in the Senate, and then signed by the president to become law. The regulatory team was monitoring and we will follow the progress of this bill. And the passage of this bill does impact many types and topics of food labeling, which would include certain claims and items mentioned in the question. 
this would definitely shape the complexity of how the industry is labeling. There are certain aspects that the industry has been wanting clarification on, such as the definition of natural and an updated definition of healthy. And it also includes uh, topics on front of package warning systems. And front of pack warning symbols have been adopted by other countries like Mexico, some countries in Latin America and Israel. And then other countries voluntarily adopted scoring like the UK, Denmark, and France. But as of yet, the US has not implemented anything as far as regulations or anything from the FDA. So this would be something new. There also would be some new warnings or label requirements for the level of certain ingredients, such as sugar, alcohol, certain fibers, the level of caffeine. And a lot of this information follows some guidance and and requests for information that have already been published by the FDA earlier in 2023. 2023 has been a really busy year as far as regulatory monitoring. And one of those topics is the recent request of information posted by the FDA asking for uh, clarity on food labeling for e-commerce. Right now, there aren't really any specific rules regarding e-commerce. As we know, if you do publish or you know present nutrition facts information, such as a nutrition panel, um, ingredient statement, and allergens, it is required to follow FDA guidelines. But any information that's clarified in this bill regarding e-commerce would be aimed to provide the consumer and to help them make informed decisions on the food they purchase. So we're really going to follow this. We're looking in to see um, what happens. There's really not a lot of detail in this bill. It's actually asking the Secretary of Health and Human Services to establish those standards. But it's a good idea for us to keep an eye on it to see if there are any, is there any movement in this? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the point you made surrounding all of this aimed to really make sure that consumers have the most informed, you know, are making the most informed decision around the food that they're purchasing. That's clearly uh, what's driving a lot of this from a regulatory standpoint. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, you know, other countries that have voluntarily done this, right, or saying, hey, we're going to do this for our consumers. Um, whereas, you know, some other countries, as you mentioned, actually already having this legislated. So especially around that, just real straightforward information available to consumers at that front of pack so that, you know, they're not having to, um, you know, (laughs) be a registered dietitian to understand, you know, the the content of the food and making sure that that information is, is front and center. So, and, and, you know, it's interesting, the, the elements of this, I think also relate to how food companies are presenting their products. So that, that topic around the definition of healthy is very interesting. And I think we're seeing more motion um, in that area. In fact, our next topic surrounding the Federal Trade Commission, we hear a lot about the FDA, USDA, but not as much on the FTC. But interestingly enough, the FTC recently placed hundreds of advertisers on notice that they should avoid deceiving consumers with advertisements that make product claims that cannot be backed up or substantiated. So not a formal action, but just 
sending a warning notice. Uh, and in the notice is sent to the companies, the FDC warned that it will not hesitate to use its authority, I think was the exact uh, terminology, to target violators with large civil pen- penalties. So, you know, what's what's going on there? We're seeing a lot of motion in this area, as we've talked about. What's the driving force behind this letter? And really, what does it mean, not just for food companies, but I think supplement companies as well? So you'll notice that there is overlapping jurisdiction in the regulatory sphere. We have the FDA, we have the USDA, we have the FTC. And along with that, we just have a booming market marketplace of many types of foods, even novel foods and supplements. So it seems like this is a way to, you know, as you mentioned, put the companies on warning. And um, this actually, this letter follows up to a guidance document that was published at the end of 2022. And in this guidance document, the FTC set out specific guidelines for substantiating and showing evidence and details for certain health claims. And these substantiation details include scientific testing. This guidance document was titled Health Products Compliance Guidance. So that was published at the end of the year. And then this letter, you know, is published in 2023. And it states that uh, it doesn't really specify why these specific companies were uh, singled out. There were about 700 companies. The FTC did say, you know, it's not to say that any of these companies have done anything wrong. It just stated that these companies were most likely to make health claims. So what it means for these companies is that um, they should be aware of this guidance document. They should be aware of the requirements that they need to have in place in order to make claims in the event they are questioned by the FTC. So this really puts them on warning and let them know that they should have robust documentation in place to avoid any enforcement from the FTC. And again, we see another overlap because, you know, we see this as warning against advertising. And we've also seen that in certain uh, warning letters, the FTC is also including websites that seem to be regularly checked during warning and recall situations. So we'll see what, what comes about from this. And as I mentioned, with the overlapping jurisdiction, there are specific claims that are allowed um, from the FDA on food products. And so there's certain guidelines they need to follow in that realm. And then again, another layer, the FTC has their set of guidelines. So a lot for companies to be aware of and make sure they have pieces in place to make sure that they are compliant in all of their advertising and packaging. Yes. Well, it just underscores the importance of that relationship with your suppliers, having that documentation verified and, you know, and even auditing against that. Right. So we talk a lot about that, the importance of that, you know, at Trustwell to really understand. And and above all, I think that, um, you know, for the most part, companies want to make sure that they are backing up the the health claims that they're, you know, that they're making to their consumers. So will be interesting to watch. Uh, so the guidance coming out in you know December of 2022, then this letter coming out in April of 2023, it will be interesting to kind of continue to track and 
and watch to see how the FTC responds uh, to companies that uh, uh, that are not uh, not following suit. So thank you. That was a, a really great overview. When we think about um, new products, and um, there is just this flood of great new innovation in food and R&D and seeing a significant amount of growth in the plant-based space. And along with that, I think we're seeing a lot of regulatory activity surrounding uh, the plant-based market. In fact, the FDA issued draft guidance on the labeling of plant-based milk alternatives, and Congress has revived the Dairy Pride Act. So a lot of motion around, I think, kind of the safety and guidance of coming out of the FDA as well as kind of how the industry is defining it, right? And what words and terminology and labels are able to be used when it comes to plant-based foods. Can you give us an overview on the regulatory activity and really what you think is driving this increase in the regulatory activity? Sure. So we see growth in in the industry, you know, in in many aspects, and a lot of these aspects involve allergens. You know, some of these new products, especially plant-based products, are introduced. You know, if if someone has a milk allergy, uh, we have many alternatives in the marketplace for um, for those types of consumers. A lot of consumers are looking for, you know, lifestyle changes. So they may choose uh, an alternative type product than your traditional product because of maybe they have some nutrition goals or lifestyle goals that they want to meet. And in some cases, it's just preference. You know, it might be they just prefer that type of, of product. So as the industry evolves, the FDA seeks to keep up with defining standards for those new products. And then with the rise of those products that are created to be an alternative to what's traditionally been in the marketplace, the traditional space is noticing blurred lines, a divergent market share, and nutritional differences. So this, the Dairy Pride Act was actually first introduced in Congress in 2021, and then it was just reintroduced in 2023. Um, the acronym for dairy stands for Defending against imitations and replacement of yogurt, milk, and cheese to promote regular intake of dairy every day. So what this bill is requesting is that plant, you know, those plant-based beverages that we're, we've been um, used to, the oat milk and almond milk and, and so on, this, as far as you know, what the commonplace name has been, they're looking to define those standards because as far as this bill is concerned, Dairy-based milk is derived from a lactating animal. Uh, There are nutritional differences. And the request is that dairy-based milk be called milk, and then anything plant-based be called something else but not milk. And it seems like this reintroduction is, is a response to a recent draft labeling guidance that was published by the FDA not long ago, you mentioned. Uh, this draft guidance is still open for comment, so the, it's you know the FDA is seeking industry comment and consumer comment, and it would set appropriate labeling requirements for plant-based beverages. The way this guidance is written right now is it's allowing the term milk to be used in products such as soy and almond milk, and the rationale behind that is that you know it's 
those types of products have been in the marketplace for quite a few years now. And most people call that, you know, call those items by almond milk or soy milk and people understand the difference. But one layer is that, you know, to address, there are some nutritional variations between dairy-based milk and plant-based milk. So this guidance is recommending a, a package statement um, to highlight those differences. So definitely could be, there are a few different labeling changes that could be made uh, regarding this guidance document. So we see that happening fairly often where the FDA puts out a statement or a guidance document, then we find that there may be some answering from the industry, whether it's from an industry petition or if there are any groups that sponsors in Congress have been involved in, then you might see a bill in Congress that uh, might want to give their feedback on these types of topics. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we have a little bit more time. They just The FDA just reopened or pushed back the comment period to late, uh, mid-summer. So I think they, they know that this is a very popular topic and are seeking more information. So we'll see what happens and then we'll find out how this informs um, how the industry uh, would need to label these types of products. Well, so much. All of this that we've just discussed really happening um, really in the last month uh, and um, much more to come as we see, you know, comment periods closing and uh, and next steps determined around some of these uh, uh, bills and or guidance documents. Megan, thank you so much. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're going to make this a monthly uh, series called uh, our regulatory roundup and so appreciate your time and your expertise to share with our podcast listeners around really what's just happening very recently in the regulatory environment in the food space. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Katie. So. I'll close us out. Um, I think you can see as uh, we've had our conversation and and interview with with Megan, one of the things that makes Trustwell just such a great company is our our people and the expertise that we have on this team. And a key, key piece of that is our regulatory team. We offer a whole host of services, consulting and training focused in the regulatory area. And one of those offerings is our regulatory seminars. And we do have one coming up in June, Navigating the Complexities of Ingredient Statement Regulations, Ensuring Compliance with FDA and USDA Requirements. The two-hour web-based paid seminar will be held on Wednesday, June 7th at 10 a.m. Pacific. Attendees will be eligible for 1.75 CPE use and will receive a printable certificate of completion. A link to the registration page is included in the notes of this podcast, so please take a look at that. Thank you again for tuning into Transparency Talk with Trustwell, where we explore the critical role of transparency in building trust and driving positive change in today's food chain. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Transparency Talk with Trustwell. To learn more about Trustwell and its technology platform that connects product formulation, nutrition analysis, and compliant labeling with traceability, recall readiness, and supply chain transparency, please visit www.trustwell.com.